Back with us in the studio. Welcome, Oregon. Thank you. How are you? Great. How okay. are you? Okay. Good. Good. Um. So, what did you do last week in Oregon? Um. I carpooled with some friends, went to Tracy, and went to the Portuguese bloodless bullfights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Just for fun. Um. Bloodless bullfighting. Okay. Quite a social so, life you're leading there. So yeah. they don't stick the bull? They or? don't spear them, correct. Okay. They actually have like a piece of cloth on the bull's back, kind of like a Velcro. And so instead of spears, they have a rod and they slam it on the, the bull's back, but there's no blood. It was a lot of fun. The week prior, um, there was a festa, which is the Portuguese cultural and food celebration and parade. And then the following weekend was the uh, bullfights. So I'm guessing you're Portuguese. I am. Oh, so that was cool. It was amazing. It was a blast. Charlie's Portuguese, too. I am not Portuguese. <laughs> Only because my people colonized you. Half of the globe. Your people totally colonized my people's island. And yeah, my mom has a Catholic name or something. I don't know. It's I'm just, sorry. I'll make it's you all right. next It's week. okay. <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> my half Portuguese cousins. Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. You have half Portuguese cousins? Yeah. Oh, I was just kidding. I didn't even realize you really were Portuguese. I'm not Portuguese by blood, but there's a lot of Portuguese Chinese in Macau, so. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. All right. Well, this weekend's Pride. Oh, yeah. I mean, this Pride. episode will air after it, but, you know. Plans? We're gearing up for yeah, it. We're gearing up. Yeah, um, the big party is cock block, and instead of the rickshaw where it's normally where it normally is, it's at Supper Club, which I'm really excited for because it's a really nice venue. Have you been there? I haven't, but I did look online. Don't they have um, like floor they have seating beds. or bed, beds? Beds. And are those going to be kept down? I would hope so. I think yeah. They're always down, aren't they? Hot mess. Yeah. People tripping, spilling. Actually, I've been there pumping. before, and yes, people do get a little <laughs> frisky in the beds, but um, <laughs> there's not really a lot of spillage. It's just, you know, people are, people are just trash, and they just want to lay down and talk and whisper sweet nothings and things like that. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I want to whisper drunk nothings to you. Yeah. Uh, so, Jay Church, you're doing something special. You were telling me earlier for Pride. I'm going to pink party. And? Oh, that was the plan. I'm going. And to- you're also making something? Oh, my rainbow. My rainbow <laughs> stained glass jello shots. Hey. <laughs> making up a story? I don't know. Yeah. What do you want? Trying to follow where you're going with this? <laughs> no, I'm making a rainbow stained glass jello shots. Take three. Okay. Because the first two didn't work so well. Oh. Betty well. Crocker in her future life. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll be able to master jello. <laughs> Jello jigglers. Anyways, we've got a great show for you today. We have Q News and Rainbow Rumors, and later Jay Church in Oregon talks with Colonel Kamemeyer. So stay tuned, and here's Q News. Q News. Queer News you can use. So, first up in Q News, pop quiz. What do Dick Cheney and Barack Obama have in common? Mm. 
Okay. They both have a penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. But they're also both now, quote unquote, in support of gay rights. What? But oh. a little too late. So Dick Cheney last week we were talking about, he came out and said, you know, people should get, gay people should be allowed to be married. Right. You know, so long, but after should be left up fact. to the states. Yeah, after, after the fact, he's not in office anymore. After he's not in office, and <laughs> you know, leave it up to the states so that they can be discriminated indiscriminately. <laughs> and Barack Obama kind of has the same thing. He has so far, you know, flubbed repealing "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Right. Like, who knows where Doma is on his plate? And now he's kind of tried to like wash over all that by giving federal protection. To get, or I'm sorry, uh, rights to federal workers, but he's not really giving them anything. Some people say um, there's no health benefits because Dome is still in place, mm-hmm. and uh, really, it seems like all that he's uh, giving them is stuff that people have already been using. So there's no retirement benefits. Um, let's see here. Does it cover health care? Well, no, there's no health care either. Um, so what is he actually doing? It, there's two benefits that LGBT federal employees will get, and that's long-term care insurance and sick leave to care for domestic partners and any shared children. There's also three additional benefits that are identified for LGBT employees, but those are only for people that are posted overseas. Mm. A lot of good that does. Yeah. <laughs> and just for federal employees. Yeah, it's only federal employees. I mean, it's... I guess a step in the right direction, but an incredibly small step given the giant words that he was using during his campaign. Um, next in Q News. <laughs> I drop all my papers. Oh lord, this is a rough day. Um, <laughs> For so many reasons. So many reasons. We're not it's not talk even about the after white elephant pride yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, guys, bear with me. <clears throat> so, there's uh, lesbians in prison in Virginia are being discriminated against. And actually, Oregon and I will be talking with Summer Triolo on the next podcast episode. And she was an inmate at this prison. Um, and she can give us a little more perspective on what was going on. But basically, um, they separated the butch inmates from the femme inmates. What? Really, for no rhyme or reason, other than. I mean, we could speculate on this. Maybe the guards wanted to stab at the fem inmates and the butch ones were competition. That is so unfair because when it's all heterosexual males, they get a chance with each other all day long. Well, actually, I mean... I think they're generally separated for safety and protection. Yeah, they're allowed to separate the men out, but this wasn't a safety hmm. thing. There was no safety reason cited here. This was... um, And people that weren't even gay were separated. If you were straight and just happened to have short hair, you were also separated. Yeah, and then where's the guidelines in the book for who's butch and who's femme? Like, that's that's ridiculous. Come to San Francisco! (laughs) But you're gonna have a hard time! I'm genderqueer, where do I fit? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, I guess they're saying that this was done to to break up relationships, and Mm -hmm. not for any safety reasons. And supposedly the practice was stopped recently, um... I don't know, but, um, you know, they're saying that there weren't any services that were denied to the inmates that were in this quote-unquote butch wing, and that they didn't have any, you know, worse treatment, but, you know, from what we've read about it, and from researching this, it looks like they were harassed by staff who would, you know, call them, like, little boys, or talk about it being, like, the locker room, 
and that the that particular unit went down on lockdown uh, a lot more than the other units. So I don't know. Maybe if people were complaining about stuff, then you know, as retaliation, they locked the unit down. Who knows what was going on? That's hard to see when or hard to say what's going on when you're in a closed environment like that. Mm-hmm. So you'll want to stay tuned for next episode so we can find out more about that from summer and then also um following the same track with the interviews uh we're going to be interviewing colonel Kammermeyer later in this episode about the don't ask don't tell policy and especially its relation to the obama administration and this has been in the news recently because um lieutenant dan choi has been in the news mm-hmm. and he's one of the i think grand marshals for the san francisco pride parade mm-hmm. this year he's one of yes. six one of six um, and he was a West Point grad who, he's an Arabic translator and served in Iraq. And I think he's, in, he's at Harvard right now doing some type of probably master's program. Anyways, um, while at Harvard, I think he decided that he just didn't want to be in the closet anymore. It was too hard to lead a double life. His partner, Matthew, was, you know, being referred to as Martha, and that's just a mess all around. Mm-hmm. And um, he formed a group for gay West Point graduates, which is kind of like a first first time ever thing. And apparently there's like 70 members, I think, of yeah, this group. Yeah, they're called the Knights. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And um, after forming this group, I guess he went on the Rachel Maddow show in uniform and he said, I'm gay, and then his mic cut out. <laughs> Mysteriously. Right. And uh, I guess the next day he was served papers saying that he was going to be on trial for discharge or it was going to court or something like that. So anyways, he's going to be out here um, grand marshaling the parade, followed by, I think, 20 members of the, what are they no, called? I think the, it was the, the Knights. Is I think it was more than that. Well, there's a bunch of them. I think it was like 60 or 70 coming out in support and they've all come out as well. But they're well. flying out to... Sa- no, I think yeah. there's 70 in the group, but I think 20, 20. of them are actually oh, marching in the parade. Yeah, yeah that's... It's a really interesting really um, case to follow. I think he goes on trial on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. He leads the parade and then after. he goes back yeah. so he'd go on trial. In New York. Um, and I guess, you know, his sister's going to be in the parade with him, but this is actually going to be his first Pride event ever. Because he's probably been scared to go to a Pride event before yeah, then. Absolutely. I mean, Oregon and I were talking earlier that, you know, it's kind of a witch hunt when you're in the military. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So anyways, you'll want to stay tuned later for that. But right now, we're going to get into Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! And this week, you know, I know you listeners out there all love my Us Weekly quotes. can't get enough (laughs) I figured I mean I read this magazine so much why not take quotes out of it for Rainbow Rumors they should really just hire you I know (laughs) I'm totally giving them advertising right now Um, but as you all know Wanda Sykes came out recently um, and she was also quoted to say if you ever catch me in bed with another woman you know I'm just there for a nap And she was referring to her and her wife um, recently had twins, like a couple months ago, I think. And so she's just talking about being too tired from parenting to have an affair. And I just thought that was really (laughs) funny. (laughs) I don't know if you like Wanda Sykes, but she's she's pretty hilarious. Um, And then Chastity, the former daughter of Sunny and Cher, um, who came out a while ago, um, she is currently transitioning from female to male. 
So she will now go by Chaz and hopes the decision will, um, quote, open the hearts and minds of the of the public. Corey looks quote. surprised by that. <laughs> this must be the first time you're hearing about that. He he will be now known as Chaz. <laughs> Corey gets all his lesbian news from the, the lesbian podcast. I know. <laughs> Where else would you get it besides Us Weekly? I need to give my mom the address to the podcast. <laughs> you guys, we can have these conversations for her. That is less pressure on me. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know that. And then um, Jay Church's favorite uh, queer woman, Megan Fox. I thought you were going to say Alicia Keys. Oh. Last week she tried to say that Alicia Keys yeah. was like my favorite singer. I was, was like, she is? actually my ex-girlfriend who loves her. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox I do is like your Megan favorite. Fox. Okay. Yeah. Megan I'll give Fox you that one. said something really interesting. She said, I have no question in my mind about being bisexual. I would never date a girl who is bisexual because that means that they also sleep with men and men are so dirty. But she's bisexual. Yeah, so I'm just she's like, a hot mess. <laughs> what does that say about you, Megan Fox? It's a self-loathing. I mean, self-loathing. Right. Ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? <laughs> I mean, really. and just like a really self-loathing statement. Self-loathing like, and not very smart. Poor honest. Yeah, just that's so disappointing. Yeah. I may have to knock her down a couple notches on my my ladder a of couple hot notches. <laughs> I think that deserves at least a couple. You would still sleep with her. I'd consider. It. <laughs> Me too. (laughs) I mean, why not? She's the new Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Well, Angelina's not gay anymore, remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was a confused time in her life, so she says. This probably is for Megan, too. But this is the one that... We can that out. Getting good. Go, go. Well, she's young. She's experimenting, right? So is Oregon. She's a spring chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I was just feeding you lies. (laughs) Self-proclaimed, yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, are not, you confused not so young. right now? I'm confused about my age, <laughs> my gender, or sexuality. Oh my gosh! Okay, so this one's my favorite. Today, I saw San Francisco's Guardian Hot Pink list of 2009 features our friend and favorite party promoter of Cockblock, DJ Nice. Congratulations, Natalie. Woo! Just imagine if there was like thirty thousand more people in this room. That would, like, <laughs> that would sound everyone like everyone under the roof at Cockblock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That um, sounds really bad when we do that, though. No oh, more crowd okay, noise. So I won't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like you're urinating on the mic. <laughs> yeah. I just apologize to our <laughs> listeners now. <laughs> okay, no more urination on the mics. But um, yes, congratulations, Natalie. And I totally look forward to Cockblock this Saturday. And that's all I have for you this week. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. And now let's get on to the interview. Hello, Miss Greta. Hi, uh, Colonel Kammermeyer? Yes. This is Jay from the Lesbian Podcast? Yes. How are you today? I'm just fine, thanks. Okay. Um, we just wanted to ask you a couple questions about your time in the military and you know, the current state of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh, sure. So I was reading um, about on your biography on your website today, and it said that you were able to continue serving even after uh, it was revealed that you were a lesbian. And I was wondering, how did that, how did that work? Well, I was discharged uh, through an administrative hearing in um, 1992. 
And uh, at the time of my discharge, we went into federal court mm-hmm. and uh, were in federal court for 25 months, at uh, uh, which time, uh, at the end of that time, the courts ruled that my discharge was unconstitutional. And so I was reinstated uh, in the military. Uh, what had happened in the intervening years, of course, was I was discharged before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Don't, uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was uh, instituted in 1993. And then when I went back in the military in 1994, it was in place. And now um, the, the judge ruled that I was uh, to be to be uh, readmitted to the military as though I had never been discharged and would now be under the don't ask, don't tell, which, of course, was a little bit ludicrous since I went back in and my book, Serving in Silence, had been published. Uh And uh, then shortly thereafter, the movie, Serving in Silence, with Glenn Close was uh, aired on television, so it wasn't exactly as though uh, nobody knew. Yeah, nobody really needed to ask. Not shrouded in mystery, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, so, so it was. Uh, it was a little hypocritical, to say the least. But uh, you know, it's the, the tragedy is that you've had a couple of isolated cases where, um, you know, in my case, Keith Mindhold, um, Zoe Dunning. Uh, are ones that uh, were outed or had to go to court to be allowed to serve in the military. And yet we have, even as a new president, saying that he would uh, overturn the Don't Ask, Don't Tell, making sure that everyone was treated equally, we have over 250 that have been discharged since the 20th of January of this year. Wow. Under don't ask, don't tell. So, so this is a uh, this is a, a law that needs to be dealt with. And even if the president only started with an executive order that said that there would be no more discharges from the military, uh, pending um, a bill being presented to him to overturn the don't ask, don't tell so that everyone uh, was then subsequently allowed to continue to serve, and Congress would end up uh, getting a bill to him to sign, then uh, then all of this would be done with. And, you know, part of it is society as a whole doesn't care any longer. Right. Uh, we've, got, we've gotten to the point that we exist in society, we're not a menace, and so... It's going to be okay uh, from that perspective. The other part is that lots of people could care less about the military. And and I think the mistaken thinking is that, and, and what I frequently suggest to people is that you may not care about the military. You may not care about whether or not you're allowed to join. But the fact that the federal government has a law which discriminates against people solely based on sexual orientation is obnoxious. Right. And and that should not happen in America any more than DOMA should exist uh, or that 
there's no protection against uh, losing your job in the military. It's like these are issues surrounding equal rights, social justice, and uh, treatment that we would expect for everyone in America, but that our service members are fighting for, for equality and democracy uh, around the world. So there is something rather peculiar that not only are they fighting for civil rights for others around the world, but they also work side by side with military organizations that have lifted their ban and that the issue is just non-existent uh, in terms of being a problem. So, you know, we are struggling now to try to get a democratically controlled House and Senate to, to act with, uh, to act, right, rather to than to, to react. And, you know, there's a part of all of what we've been watching with the Congress of, gee, we don't have enough votes, so let's not even discuss it, uh, which is obscene. It's like, we voted for you to get some action done. And if the Republicans become so uh, obstreperous that they they can keep the Democratic Congress from getting anything enacted because they are in a minority and say, we're going to boycott or we're going to filibuster, you know, what sort of, of democracy is this? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting, too, the U.S. prides itself on being this beacon of democracy and uh the leader for for many other nations and that so many other countries have lifted the ban on um, homosexual serving such as Israel and Great Britain Um, and so why are we so slow to even follow behind these these countries that are our allies and just other countries in general for lifting the ban exactly and I think um, Oregon my my co-host over here was saying that uh, of the people that have been discharged under Donuts Don't Tell what, what was the number? It's really disturbing statistics that um, the armed forces are only comprised of 15%, uh, excuse me, 15% of the armed forces are, com- are comprised of women, but nearly 50% of the discharges under Don't Ask, Don't Tell are women. So it's a, it's yeah. a vastly like, disproportionate and number. That, yeah, and those numbers uh, are fairly comparable to the numbers before the Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, also, in that women were uh, discharged in larger proportion uh, to their overall representation in the military, which, of course, you know, sets up some questions about, now, why is that? Uh, Is it that they're being targeted? Uh, Is it that uh, when they play softball that they must be lesbians? Uh, Is it that if they... Rebecca men's advances, whether or not they're straight or gay, that they become uh, targets and presumed to be lesbian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it is curious, or or is it that the women are so good in their job that they become competition for the men who can't stand it, and then decide that they're going to do a lesbian witch hunt instead? Right. Uh, so it is. It, it, it certainly um, leans very, very much uh, against women, much more so than men. 
I have a question going back to um, your case. You said that it was a federal district court that reinstated you because it was unconstitutional to discriminate against gays and lesbians. So how then does that reconcile with Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Because isn't that still discriminatory? Yeah, I was discharged before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Right, but the and federal court said that it was unconstitutional that you were discharged, right? And and uh, the, my, the, the opinion in my case held. It was never challenged higher going to the Supreme Court okay. so that it sort of just remained there in limbo, and it applied to me. I see. Uh, it was, I was discharged before Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and I, I didn't, you know, so I didn't challenge under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Okay. And, and so th- that doesn't mean that what was said in my case shouldn't apply if uh, a case goes forward through the federal courts. But, you know, they're just slowly working their way through the courts now. And, you know, the most exciting case is that of Major Witt, uh, who is an Air Force nurse and was discharged after 18 years because she was um, targeted by somebody who had a grudge against her. And she went into federal court, and the Court of Appeal ruled that for the first time, that the government must show cause why gays and lesbians in the military are somehow detrimental. Oh, mm-hmm. And un- until that time, uh, until, until this time, that question has never been allowed to be addressed because uh, the courts ruled uh, in favor of the government, presuming that the military would know what was best for the military. But now they have to show why is it that they're bad for morale and discipline and and somehow would hurt unit cohesiveness. And that case is still pending? Yes, it's just gone back to, to, uh, it was at the appeals court, so it's gone back now to to federal uh, district court. So it's a live case, and uh, it should be very interesting to see how that moves forward. Right. Um, Colonel, may I ask, uh, once you were reinstated, um, do you think that you felt any backlash from military personnel or your peers in general after being reinstated? Well, I think, I think there were a couple of things that happened in my particular case, and, and I don't know that that would occur with others. First, you're talking about 1994, where issues of sexual orientation were still very foreign to public discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there wasn't much discussion about it. People didn't know that we had families and lives and, and uh, were, you know, surrounding everyone uh, in terms of, of contributions to society. So, so part of it was that it, it was a novelty now that I was back in the military. My unit couldn't have been more supportive. Uh, you know, I got a standing ovation the first day I got back, uh, and and it was, uh, I felt awkward because, mm. uh, I mean, it was my personal life that now was on display, and, and it seemed like this is not something that even needed to be in the public arena. So I felt extremely awkward, but for people that I had worked with for years, 
it was like a non-issue. But my superiors, and this was in the National Guard, uh, were very reluctant to uh, sort of change the status quo. They weren't sure whether or not if they moved me to a different position that the courts would end up getting involved again. And so when I asked for a change of uh, positions, uh, they said, no, we think it's fine just where you are. Hmm. And uh, at that, I felt that my use to my unit was sort of limited. And uh, I, I ended up staying for a year on uh, in the active reserves and then went into an inactive status where I remained until my mandatory retirement in 1997. Hmm. Um, so Oregon and I were both enlisted. Um, she in the Navy and I in the Air Force. And she went in actually right during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I went in much after. So um, we were wondering, since you were in both before and after, what did Don't Ask, Don't Tell actually do for like the daily life of a gay service member? How did well, it change? I think I think two things happened. One is everybody in the military now knew that there were gays and lesbians in the military, so you know everyone was more conscious of the fact that you know the people with whom they worked might be gay, and and so I think that for many there may have been a sense of awkwardness of of needing to hide that much more. Uh, for at, at, at one level, but on the positive side, uh, no longer were questions supposed to be asked having to do with sexual orientation. That uh, and as a result of that, I have friends who uh, skated through the top secret clearances and became generals. Oh. As a result and didn't have to lie to get there. And so, for, for in some sense, it was freeing for senior, senior personnel. But I think that on, on a lower level, in terms of the hierarchy of things, that uh, it, was, it, it seemed that there were more witch hunts and uh, that more people became aware of the fact that they were gays and lesbians uh, serving with them side by side. That's interesting, yeah, because I was talking with Oregon about it before we, we called you, and we didn't, I mean, she definitely felt like there was a witch hunt. I didn't necessarily feel like there was a witch hunt, I just felt really uncomfortable. Because, you know, when you're in a military town, or at least the military town I was in, everyone that lives in that town is pretty much somehow associated with the base. Mm-hmm. So even when of you're course. off base... You're on base. Yeah. yeah. And so we were just wondering, and, uh, you know, it doesn't, to, to me it doesn't seem like much, much has changed, but after talking to you, it seems like it, there, was, there were quite a few steps forward. Yeah, they were uh, for, for those that, you know, it, it affected. But uh, now it's, uh, you know, many are, are wanting to be able to be out, to be free, to not have to worry about whether or not they're going to be targeted um, and uh, stop living the double lives. I get messages all the time from people who actually uh, also respond to a questionnaire that I have on my website 
about their military experience. And, and virtually every one of them that were discharged voluntarily or even those that were drummed out of the military uh, would want to go back in uh, and, and serve if the Don't Ask, Don't Tell was, was lifted. Interesting. Uh, so uh, so it's, it's, it really has uh, an adverse effect on the morale and discipline, the willingness to re-up for a second tour, uh, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a shame for those that want to continue a military career. So may I ask you, if you had the option of doing this all again, do you think you would take the same path or, or do anything differently? I, I, you know, that's, that's a question that you can't really answer uh, in any other way than sort of philosophically. Mm-hmm. It's that if, if uh, I, I cannot, I could not have anticipated the ripple effect of my discharge. Right. Uh, and my life certainly changed uh, beyond belief uh, uh, as a result of it. And, and my attorneys warned me that, you know, life would forever be different. And you think, well, you know, what does that mean? Uh, and, and, and until you're in it, you don't know what it means. But, you know, the, what, what it has enabled me to be is totally free, totally open, in your face, uh, and, uh, you know, it is a little bit of that, uh, you know, we're queer, get used to it type. <laughs> and and um, I, I will continue to fight uh, in whatever way I can to overturn the don't ask, don't tell, because that was the reason I began this, uh, was not for my career, but the fact that, there were doubtlessly others who had been discharged that I just did, that was totally oblivious to. And, and I think part, of, for me, part of it was that when I first joined the military in the dark ages, uh, <laughs> women, uh, women couldn't be married and join the military. Wow. And somebody challenged that, and the policy changed. Then if you were married, you couldn't have dependents. And somebody challenged that, and ultimately it was changed. And and my original discharge was because I was pregnant with my first son. And so it seemed to me that being able to go back in the military afterwards and then having this issue come up as I figured out that I was a lesbian, it was, well, this must be my turn now to uh, take a stand, to overturn, uh, to get this policy overturned. And I, I actually really did believe that uh, President Bush I would see uh, that they didn't want to lose a good army nurse with uh, a bronze star having served in Vietnam, chief nurse of the Washington State National Guard, an asset to the military, and would see that this is a stupid policy. Right. Uh, and, and, and so I believed that, I, I, I couldn't believe that I was going to be discharged because this was my family, and I was absolutely devastated when I was uh, thrown out of the military. And, and in, over the past few uh, months, six weeks or so, 
we've heard of, of Lieutenant Chow and the Lieutenant Colonel uh, in the Air Force who have spent their entire careers, uh, you know, serving this country in war and uh, and being discarded despite their extraordinary service. And uh, I, I would expect that they feel pretty much like I did, of, of uh, being discarded by your country and feeling betrayed. And that's, uh, that's really a, um, a, a, not only a humiliation that you internalize, but also something that uh, you end up trying to figure out uh, a, a greater good. What can, what can you do with this bad thing that happened to you? And for me, uh, that's, uh, that became, you know, fighting not only for my reinstatement, but hoping to overturn the Don't Ask, or be, that was, uh, you know, Don't Ask, Don't Tell occurred while I was out. Uh, and so I was lobbying in, um, in Congress, trying to lift any sort of ban against gay serving. And uh, so you do what you believe is the right thing. And I, I think looking back, you know, you could never anticipate uh, what was going to happen in the future, but uh, it, it certainly was not the wrong thing for me. Um, as far as your activism now, I had read that you marched in Seattle Pride and that you carried a flag for AVER, is the acronym, AVER? That's the American Veterans yeah. for Equal Rights. Um, yeah. Do you that think... Was, yeah. And Go ahead. Uh, just wondering about your involvement with them, and um, do you think they've been instrumental in the battle against um, ending Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Well, the, the, there are two things. I'm... I'm um sort of a charter member from the beginning of time with the Service Members Legal Defense Network, which is the, the lead organization that has been uh, providing legal assistance for uh, gay and lesbian service members who are targeted or part of witch hunts. Uh, that is the organization that is there for service members. And uh, a few years ago, they also took on the challenge to try to do lobbying to overturn the Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And so I have been working with them, uh, certainly not as actively as many people who are in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, but uh, whenever I can, uh, that's, that's the organization that I would refer people to for help mm-hmm. and also suggest that people could either donate to or become part of and certainly to go to their website to, uh, to get advice on what do you do if you're in the military and you think you're being targeted what are your rights what what do you uh, how can you get help uh, it's it's a marvelous organization and what is their website uh, service members legal defense network now, AVER, the American Veterans for Equal Rights, is a sort of grassroots organization that is, uh, they have chapters in various uh, cities around the country that are sort of local support for gay service members where they can go and uh, usually in the privacy of someone's home uh, feel safe. 
and they may have a, a usually they uh, the veterans uh, are the ones that may march in a in a gay pride event uh, and also to provide advice and network for members that are in the in the service and it's it's uh, it's a support group i think as much as anything else and they piggyback and work with the service members legal defense work network and help with lobbying and uh, you know so that there are a number of organizations and they are increasing all the time uh, in in terms of uh, organizations working together to overturn the don't ask don't tell um, Colonel if I could ask you just one more question to close up um, what do you tell people that gay or lesbian people that are thinking about joining the military, what's your advice to them? These days I say don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, because I, I really have come to think that we are worth more than having to hide a portion of our humanity and serve uh, in the military uh, an organization that will uh, discard you the minute that they find out that you're gay. Mm -hmm. I would say the same thing about the Boy Scouts. I would say the same thing about uh, some of the churches, that why would you put all of your belief and your gift in an organization that at a moment's notice will throw you out? That's a good point. And to say that, because I love the military, I love what it stands for, the opportunities that it gives, but we have to overturn the don't ask, don't tell, at which time I would say, absolutely, go for it, because it it really gives you the opportunity to sort of be all that you could be. Uh, but I don't, I, I, I don't think that it's the only place where you can do that. Right. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Giving us just a chance to talk with you. Thank you, Carol. Oh, it's been you. an honor. It's definitely been an honor. And thank you so much for everything you've done for gay people in the military. Thank you so much. All right. Have Bye. a good night. Thank you, Colonel Kamemeyer, for that great interview. And, Jay Church, don't we have some giveaways? Yes, we do, Charlie. okay announcer jay church (laughs) i like your enthusiasm thanks so um yeah actually at the july edition of cockblock which i believe is the second saturday of every month not sure what the number of that date is though second saturday either way it's back at the rickshaw stop wolf video will be giving us some stuff to give away we're actually going to have their newest release she likes girls four so you'll want to show up then to see how you can win a copy Mm. and also in TLP news there's a few uh, new ass charlies up there so you can check those out and remember charlie oh that's me um <laughs> yes <laughs> if you need any advice um lately i haven't been getting love advice but just like you know other things but if you need any <laughs> kind of advice go ahead and post a question on um ask charlie on the lesbianpodcast.com I have a question for you, Charlie. Sure. Does this mic make my head look fat? No. <laughs> okay. Very sleek. Very nice. sleek. Okay. Um, 
So just go to the lesbianpodcast.com and there's an Ask Charlie section. And also we welcome any new listeners. Tell your friends about us. And I love hearing feedback. So um, you can always email us at thelesbianpodcast at gmail.com. And also thank you to those that continue to support us and support the San Francisco community. Um, There's a big donate button on the website as well. So... And then also, um, we have a new feature coming up on the podcast called The Lesbian Whisper. It's a, it's a video series, and you can find it under the Features tab, same place that you find Ask Charlie, and the Daily Daikus. <laughs> and I think that's it. Woohoo! It's Pride! Yay, Pride! Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Episode 20. We're out. Oh. <laughs> Stay sexy. Was it good for you?